Hey guys, I'm Shay, a three-winged two on the Enneagram that finds her home in Atlanta, Georgia. The goal of this podcast is to create an ongoing conversation about the tensions of following Jesus in today's culture. Join me and many others as we have conversations that challenge and inspire us to follow Jesus in our day and age. This is Just Shayin'. Hey everybody, Uh, thank you for tuning in today. I'm really excited to have a good friend of mine on, a dozy, and uh, just thrilled. I I love his heart for revival, his heart for reformation in the city, and I'm just really excited to share everything that God has been speaking to us, even before this podcast, before we hit record, just having moments of just like, okay, like this is weighty, and so we just invite you into the conversation. All right, well, here's my friend Adozi. Adozi, thanks for coming on. Oh, it's so awesome to be here. What's up, guys? I'm I'm just saying. Ah, you made it. I just made kidding. It. <laughs> it's nothing. To, there's not really a reason to make it. But hey, here we are. Um, I met you guys through Heidi, a mutual friend, um, also my roommate. Um, but we, in probably the last year, year and a half, like we would see each other like here and there for the last few years. Yeah. But in like 2020, it was like, hey, like I basically, I remember telling you and Brittany, like I'm all wrong with y'all. Yep. Like, like just seeing what God was doing in y'all's lives and and just different things, seeing you guys at different events and me being like, okay, like this is legit. Not that I didn't think y'all were legit, but it was like you went, I think when you realize like, wait, I think we're kind of cut from the same mold instead of, oh, cool. They love Jesus. That's awesome. But then you realize like, wait, we're burning for the same thing and it's better to work in numbers than work solo. And so and seeing you and Brittany and having you guys over and having worship times, like not like big worship times, like just you and her in my house and like going after it and going after the things of God together, being pruned together and like having hard conversations together and being like, we don't know, like, what's that look like? Like, how do we handle that? Um, I highly, highly, highly respect you and Brittany and your laid down lives for the father. And honestly, like, it's it's an honor to to have any conversation with you. And I'm just excited to have you on here. Yeah, I mean, the feeling's mutual. I mean, <laughs> I, I love what you guys are doing here at Haven House. I love your heart for the Lord. I mean, what? Like you said, we're just cut from the same cloth. Yeah. And the Lord just decided in his perfect timing to connect us together. So here we are. Yeah. So I'm excited. We just got done talking. Not really done, but I was like, okay, we actually probably need to record this podcast. Um, but we were just talking about, I was just sharing personally, like, you know, like I've been on a fast and I've just been sharing with you like things that God's been speaking to me. Um, and just culturally, like we're in this crazy moment, like. All kinds of things are happening culturally in our in our nation and just all the crazy. And we could talk about that for hours and hours and hours and still not have an answer because our answer isn't in all of that. Our answer is Jesus. And um, but I was just sharing with the dozy just like things that God's been putting on my heart. And like we were having a conversation and I just want to clue everybody in kind of with the context of what we've been talking about. Um, it's just this idea of God's been showing me that basically like we have people that can talk a big game, but he's not in it for people's talk that we actually need to be able to literally live the gospel out. That's good. And 
Um, so we've been talking a lot about what does that look like and what does that look like being a disciple of Christ? Obviously, there's a difference. Uh, we see in John 6 that many people left Christ. They left him and betrayed him uh, because of his teachings. Because right before that, he says, you know, eat my flesh and drink my blood. Like, if I was going to say that on a podcast, like, ain't nobody going to listen to that podcast. Like, oh, she's trying to get me to do all that crazy stuff. Like, I'm out. And they did that to Jesus. They they left him. In John 6, it says that they betrayed him. And the majority of the like his believers at that time all turned away and left. Did that? Does that mean that they didn't believe him? Not necessarily. They could still have believed that he was the Messiah in their heart, but they weren't. They definitely weren't following him. And so I was just sharing with the dozy that like for me, there's like this place of holy frustration. <laughs> and I, and I say that I, I laugh because I'm like, is that really what it is? But I really don't have another word for it. Um, Cause I'm just like, there's like, there's believers and I'm not questioning salvation in this, but then there's people where it's like, I'm literally going to do Luke 9, 23. I'm going to pick up my cross and I'm going to follow him. And whether I get slaughtered by the world or slaughtered by other believers, like I have to follow Christ. And the tension of that right now is hard. It's a hard tension. And what does that look like? I mean, it looks different every day for you. For me, it looks different every day. But the common thread is I'm following him. And like just bringing y'all into a conversation. Of, I use this this way of, of wording it. And I said, I'm tired of consumer Christianity. Um, I don't know if I really need to explain that. I think it's really self-explanatory. I'm tired of... People getting, 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 and never giving. That's good. Um, that was not the way that we saw Christ live. That's good. Um, Christ knew he was so loved, therefore he loved. Um, Christ knew that he had full provision from the Father, so he gave. And I think that at this time, culturally, all the things, I think there is no greater time on the earth than to look like Jesus. Yeah, I mean, especially with the political climate we're in, the cultural climate we're in, the racial tension, like... The church culture crazy? Okay. Like, whoa! Yeah. So so much is going on. You know, 2021 has already been chaotic. (laughs) But the good thing is, God is always on the throne. Absolutely. But when it comes to actually living out your faith, being a disciple in the 21st century... It looks like standing out. We're not called to look like the world. You know, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. Yep. So, so we're going to look different. We're going to have different approaches of things. We're going to talk differently. We're going to live differently. We're going to love differently. And so the biggest thing about being a disciple, if you, if you go back to the original Greek of the word disciple, it means a learner, mm-hmm. somebody who's always learning. And so the reason that people turned away in John 6 is they didn't want to learn how to actually eat his flesh and drink his blood. It says in John 6, 60 that that they turned away. They heard it and said, who can understand it? This is a hard saying. They They didn't want to understand it. They didn't even want to attempt. But the people that did, the 12, they stayed and their eyes were opened. And so what does that really look like in the 21st century? 
it means having a life that's grounded and rooted, first of all, in the word, but second of all, in the spirit. Because Jesus said that the true worshipers worship in spirit and in truth. And so if we're grounded on spirit and truth, and we're actually wanting to know more of who Jesus is, then it's going to be so much easier for us to reflect that kind of lifestyle in our own life. Yeah, I I completely agree. And I'm sitting here thinking about John 6 and the setup, because I think it's also like, like right after this, all these people leave um, Christ. And then I think, I don't think it was Peter or who, but he says like, basically like, where else would we go? Yep. Like, cause Jesus literally looks at them and says, you going to leave too? Mm -hmm. Okay. Sassy Jesus. I see you. (laughs) I see you sassy Jesus. And he says, are you going to leave me too? Mm -hmm. Knowing what was in their hearts that like, wait, like, how do we eat your flesh? Mm-hmm. Like, what does that even mean when you say drink my blood? And literally Jesus looks at the 12 and says, you leaving too? Mm-hmm. You going you gonna to leave me too? And then they're like, like, there's like a discussion. And then they end with, where else would we go? You are the bread of life. Like, you are the source. None of this makes sense. It makes no sense whatsoever, culturally, what he's saying. It makes no sense. Like, I have to eat your flesh? Like, what? I have to drink your blood? What? And then, literally, Jesus is like, you leaving? And they're like, where else would we go? Because Jesus, he says he's the way, the truth, and the life. That word life is so important in Jesus' proclamation. Like, there's no other life outside of Jesus. And so when he says, eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, the disciples are saying, look, if I don't do that, I don't actually have life. The life that I'm going to go live that I think I'm living, it's not not true. It's not real. It's not true life. And so what does that look like for us today? It looks like living a life that's surrendered, Mm -hmm. that's completely submitted to the will of the father. Like what, what is the father asking you to do? Okay, let me go do it. Let me not hesitate. God, you want me to go speak to this person? God, you don't want me to post this on social media? Like those are the things that's going to look like that. Those are the things that's going to cause us to look more like Christ when we actually follow the father's instructions. And, and Jesus said that when you do that, you actually, you're my friend. Mm-hmm. If you love me, you'll obey me. You obey me. And so what, what greater honor it is to be called a friend of God? There is no other. There is no thing greater than the title of friendship with God himself. Like, say what? Like, and I, I think of Matthew ten thirty nine, where it's like, you know, those who lose your life, those who let go of what you think life is, actually, they find life. Mm-hmm. They find life. They, they, it's in the letting go of what you think it's supposed to be. Yes. And, and even in, like, the parts of me that still, like, myself, my own self-righteousness, let that go. Yep. Let that go. It's as smelly as somebody's wickedness. Like, like let it go. And trust me, like, let it go and trust me and follow me. 
And see, I think people kind of get it confused because you see the disciples and even if you see Jesus's life, he said that he doesn't have a place to lay his head. Mm -hmm. So people think nowadays, oh, I should sell my house. I should sell my car. I should quit my job. I should have no friends like and just devote my life to God. And that's okay. You you can do all of that and Mm -hmm. still miss God. Absolutely. Because ultimately times have changed. We're in 2021. I can open up my phone and talk to somebody in Israel right now if I wanted to. Mm-hmm. I can open up my phone and talk to somebody in Russia. Like we have the most powerful device in the palm of our hands right now. Jesus didn't have access to that. And so we're living in a completely different time. And so even if you go back to to Paul, Paul was also a tent maker. So, yeah, he devoted himself completely to sharing the gospel, to building churches, to expanding the kingdom. He also was a tent maker. And so he was in the secular realm and he was also in the quote unquote church realm. And so God has a different calling for each and every single one of us. And our calling is always going to look different. It's never going to be the same. I know you, Shay, you're called to global missions. I'm not called to global missions. I'm called to my own backyard. And so, yeah, we're walking this thing together, but our missions are different and that's okay. But the thing that makes both of us a disciples is we're learning and constantly going towards what God has us to do. And that's what's so key right now because it's going to look different. Absolutely. And I think I love that you brought that up because essentially our assignments look different. To a degree. Yeah, to a like degree. We, but I'll celebrate when we can come together yeah. and we can run together and go like, dude, let's do this. Like, let's partner. Let's go after this. And then there's times where it's like, okay, like I'm, I'm watching you run in your lane or you're watching me run in a lane and we celebrate. We're like, yes, that is, that is literally your lane. But then there's these moments where we get to come together and I'm like, that's the body. Yeah. Like, that's the body. Like, if we all looked the same... It would be really boring and it would be like there would not be one ounce of uniqueness involved, which takes the like the majestic aspect out of the father and the fact that he put unique beauty in all of us and personality and all of the things. But what I love is that like it doesn't if following him looked the same for me as it did you like like there's going to be many people that aren't touched. But I love when we get to come together and go like, hey, let's do this. Like, let's partner in this. And I mean, I think of all the disciples, like the legit 12, like you had a tax collector, you had uh, fishermen, you had um, stonemakers, like none of them came from the same mold, essentially. But what they had in common was the gospel. Like, I'm going to use what's in front of me for the gospel. I'm going to leverage my life. For the gospel, whether that's you at work or whether that's me at work or whether that's us standing behind a pulpit preaching the gospel. Like, I think that's what that's what makes a disciple is it's not just in talk. It's in lifestyle now. Like it's gone from your head to like, I believe, I believe, I believe to it's in your heart and it's coming out in the way that you live. I keep thinking about 
I think it's first or second Timothy, but it basically says in the last days, which I'm not, this is not me saying that we're in the last days just for those people that are those people. Um, I'm not, I'm not trying to make a blanket statement about it, but it says in the last days, beware of these people. And it, and it says, you know, they'll, they, they will honor their parents. They will blaspheme. They will do this. They will do this. And I remember at the beginning of this year, God being like, be very careful I'm not saying cut people out. I'm not saying that at all. But what I'm saying, be very careful for who you are running with. Because it says something about you. I'm not saying you cut people out. Again, that's not me saying that. But what I am saying is to know, like, is this person just essentially consuming? Or is this person contributing? And maybe that's just the season they're in, right? Like, there's seasons where it's like, I need healing. And I need help. Like, I there, like there ain't no like, hey, let me go out and contribute because I'm like, I got no oil to give away, which is the point of why I'm bringing this up. There's a parable, and in the parable, there's ten virgins. Five have way more than enough oil, right? Like, like the bridegroom's coming. He and the bridegroom's coming late. It's not like, oh, he's on time. Like they've done slept. They're like sitting around waiting for the bridegroom. And then there's five that only brought just enough. Just enough that, you know, if he came at the right time, they would have enough. And I remember um, crying in our room, in our prayer room. And I was like praying for these people that quote unquote didn't have enough oil. And the Lord stopped me and he said, Shay, like don't act like, like don't act like maybe you're not that five. Mm-hmm. And I was like, so freaking like at first I was like so mad and then I was like you know what father you're right like I can't pretend that I may not be the other five and I just started crying I was like God I need fresh oil and I know that no matter whether your hands in the secular realm of an industry or whether you're behind the pulpit like I think the big call for the body is we need oil we need to look like him and and that's the thing I think a lot of people nowadays don't understand that you can still look like Christ in the secular realm. Mm-hmm. And that's my specialty. Like, I know that I'm called to the world. Like, God's confirmed that. <laughs> I've seen fruit from that. Mm-hmm. I built an entire ministry around that. And so I, I see that if people are in the church, typically they look down on people who are impacting people outside of the church. And honestly, this has always been a tension. Absolutely. Because you look at Peter mm-hmm. and, and, and Paul. Peter says, Paul, why are you going to the Gentiles? Uh-huh. Paul said, look, these people don't receive me. But the, pe- the Gentiles, they receive me. And so I don't know why, but this has always been a tension that the church has got wrong. And so for, for the people that are called to the world, it's okay if your lane is Absolutely. the secular. Absolutely. But but the biggest thing is you have to stay grounded. And that's why I brought up earlier mm-hmm. the true worshipers. Because you can say, oh, I'm caught to the world and get consumed by the world. But if you are a true worshiper that is grounded in truth, that's grounded in the spirit, and then you're going to be able to be led by the Father to impact many lives in the secular realm. And so what that looks like now is say you, you, you might be at your job and you might have somebody come to you about their problems. 
Well, now you're, you become a listening ear and then you can share your faith because more times often than not, people always come to Christ when they're faced with a crisis. Absolutely. And so that's, that's whether you secular or, or the church. Right. And so it's just an easy way to share your faith. But when you're in the secular realm, you have to make sure you have the mindset of living missionally. Absolutely. Like that mindset is so key to to seeing fruit in the secular realm. And it's easy. It's easy to get caught up in the swirl of a secular industry or whether it's, you know, like the stock market or you're simply just working at Foot Locker. Like it's easy to get caught up in the things of the world. Um, Like it, it just is. I mean, even if like I work, I don't work a secular job. I work different ministries, things, and, and all that. But it's still easy for me to get caught up in yeah. the world. Um, and I, I've been, I told you before we started recording this that I've been reading James one twenty seven over and over and over. Uh, and I wasn't even trying to bring this up, but I think it's really, I think it's quite powerful. Um, and it basically says, this is Shea version, so if you go read it out of your Bible, it probably ain't going to sound the same because I'm going to try to sum it up. But it basically says this is pure religion. And it says to 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 tend to the poor, care, care for the widow and the orphan. This is the religion that is pleasing to God. And then it says, and this, essentially this helps you from being defiled by the world. Um, meaning, like it keeps your heart in check. Like if you're giving your faith away, if you're giving, if your eye is not just knowing that there's a homeless issue in the city, but actually driving by a homeless person and actually seeing them instead of like, oh, I'm going to look away, like pretend I'm on my phone, like scroll. Um, but yet, and I'm not even saying you have to give them money. I'm just stating like I'm acknowledging this person as a person. I'm just looking at you. There, it does something to our heart that keeps us soft. Because I think one of the biggest hindrances that has been exposed in the church globally in 2020 is that our hearts are actually not as soft as we thought they were. That's good. Like we're not as compassionate as we thought we were. <laughs> and I say that because I'm like, that's been my story. Um, in my prayer in 2020, like pre-racial stuff, pre like all of it getting really, you know, like heightened on social media and the news, like pre all of that, I knew that I was like, my heart isn't as soft as it used to be. Why? Because I've entertained other things. I have not even like bad things, not even evil things. I've just let my heart get more complacent and I've let my heart get more apathetic than it usually sits. And so it's been this journey for me Um, to remain soft-hearted. And I think what James is trying to say is the more that you realize there's brokenness around you and you're caring for that brokenness and you're not just talking about it, right? You're not just making a a post on Instagram about it. You're actually doing something. You're actually, you know, like, and I don't just mean like, oh, I'm going to post and use my voice, quote unquote, to stir the pot. I mean, like, I'm out there feeding people. I'm out there like, like, you know, like I'm out there doing this thing. Um, it keeps your heart soft. And I think that's really, right now, that that's what, the, that's what the world needs. It doesn't need somebody that's talking a big Christian game. It needs somebody out there saying, hey, 
I'm sorry that the church hasn't represented itself very well, um, but I'm doing my part. I just went off on a tangent. <laughs> no, I mean, look, that that is so good because that's what a disciple is. Right. You know, somebody that is literally the hands and feet of Jesus that eats of his flesh, that looks like Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so there's, there's no greater way than we look like Jesus than we lay down our lives for people. Absolutely. And that's our time, our finances, our resources, our energy. When we actually do that and 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 serve other people in any kind of context, not just the homeless, but right. in any kind of context. Like he says in, in James, you know, uh, taking care of the widow, you know, taking care of the orphan. And in those kind of contexts, that's when we really look like Jesus. And that's what the world needs to see right now. The world doesn't need to see more people shouting out these things and 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 talking these things, but they need to see people who actually look it, who are Absolutely. actually walking it out. So that, that was good. <laughs> that was good. I wasn't even trying to go off. I'm like, well, here we are. Yep. But I, I that's what I love about you and Brittany is that it's not, let me throw up, like, you're not just talkers, like you're living it. You're like, hey, what do we do to unite people? Yeah. What do we do to unite believers? What do we do to unite believers with unbelievers? Because there's this weird, like, um, quiet, silent fear to mingle. Which, I mean, I'm just being honest. Like, it's weird because I'm like, it's not weird. Like, Jesus was around sinners. Like, that's like a whole nother tangent. But Jesus was around them, and he wasn't weird. He wasn't anointing his house with essential oils. Like, he, I know that was bad. I apologize. Uh, but I don't, because it's real. Like, and I'm not saying don't anoint your house. I'm just stating, like, like it is, there's got to be that call to not just talk the gospel, but live the gospel. Like, there's got to be, my question for people listening, and I've asked this, uh, me and a dozy are really good at keeping each other in check in this is are you just loving him and talk but are you loving him indeed can you just quote him or do you actually look like him like there's a difference there's a difference there's a difference from you learning and quoting one of your favorite preachers to you actually going and getting your own revelation and that's what a disciple is a disciple is saying god what are you saying not just what are these prophets saying or what are what is these you know what's my pastor saying but a disciple says i want to learn i want to own my relationship with jesus i want to walk with him rabbi jesus like i want to walk in his footsteps and that's the invitation to Luke 9.23. I pick up my cross. I die daily. And it's not this like self-belittling thing. Like God is good enough that he really only kills the things that are killing us. He actually doesn't want to kill us. He wants to kill the things that don't look like him so that he can live in and through us. Again, just went off on a tangent. <laughs> no, that... Perf- I mean, look... Your tangents are just like Holy Ghost led tangents. It's, so yeah. so it's always <laughs> so good. Well as as a twenty first century disciple, we have to live it out. We have to. Like, like this is what they will know us by. Yes, that's it. That I mean that 
that sums up everything we just talked about <laughs> in the in the last thirty or so minutes. Like we have to live it out because they will know that you are my disciples by that very reason. Absolutely, and it can't just be word. No, it can't just be consumer Christianity, and it can't be you reposting and retweeting somebody else's rhema. Like we need you to go and retweet. You don't even need to retweet. Like we need you to go and get your own revelation. You need, we need you to go and get your own tweets. Yeah, quit retweeting and tweet your own stuff. <laughs> <laughs> we love you. <laughs> but I, 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 it's a call because I think that I think that I'm going to bring this up just because we have some more time. But I, I think it's also the reason we're seeing a huge exodus in the church of our generation of people saying, I don't want to do it in a building anymore mm-hmm. because, and again, this is not me saying I hate the building. I love the building. Yeah. I really do. I love Ecclesia. You know this about me. Like I love going to the house of God and getting my praise on. Like I love this. I live for that. But also it has to come out of the walls and it has to spread. Um, I was in prayer the other day. And I really felt like the Lord was was speaking to me, and it's something I've shared with you about, like just revival and reformation and and things like that. And I felt like God was, um, He said, Shay, one of the greatest fruits that you'll ever see from re- like revival, like pe- like people are personally experiencing revival or corporately, is reformation, because what's going on inwardly has to come out. It has to. So if people are experiencing personal revival, like you're going to want to change something in your life, right? Like like there's always got to be that. It's unto change. And even when the Lord changes something in you and it, and it comes out, that coming out will always be something that's missional. Absolutely. Like it has to. Because we're not just called to be for ourselves, to change for ourselves and not impact change in this world. Like Jesus gave us a commandment to to bring his kingdom here. Absolutely. And that is our mission to bring his kingdom here. So as we're going through these personal revivals and getting our personal revelation, that personal revelation, it has to lead to a mission. And whether that's joining with a local church whether that's creating your own ministry, whether that's just you actually living missionally, impacting the community around you, whatever that looks like, like that's the that's the evidence of personal revelation is having a missional mindset. And I think it's kind of we're we're both we're we're in charismatic streams. I don't want to say we're all full blown charismatic, but we I mean we definitely run with charismatic people. We believe in signs, miracles, and wonders, and we are not ashamed of that. But I also think too, there's this emphasis on that's what revival is: the signs, miracles, and wonders. And I'm not saying that's not a aspect of revival, but I really think revival at the end of the day is transformation of one's heart. Which leads to missional living, which a fruit of that can be like, hey, this lady got out of a wheelchair because I'm living missionally. And all missionly is essentially is my eyes are no longer on myself. Oof. That's good. Oof. Holy Spirit. Tweet that. Yeah, God, tweet that. If you're going to retweet something, my God. I, I, missional living is my eyes are no longer on myself. And because I'm beholding the the beauty and the majesty of Christ, I give my life away. 
which essentially is revival. Uh, yes, a part of that is the giftings and the anointing and going out and laying hands on people and seeing them get healed and set free. Um, part of that is salvations and bringing in the prodigal sons and those that are still unreached. Y'all, there's still unreached people in America. I know you think everybody's seen TBN and made fun of it, but there's still people legitimately in our own nation that are unreached. I know it's shocking and I know you're like, what? That's real. Um, they still have never heard. And I, I just can't help but think like, hey, what about them? What about them? You know? And missional isn't just getting on a plane and going to a third world country. As much as y'all know, that's my jam. I love it. Missional is my neighbor. Missional is my bank teller. Um, And so when we talk about being a disciple, it's taking what you learn from your quiet time with the Father, implementing it in your outside time with the world, in your interaction. So it goes from intimacy to interaction. Because the gospel has to be in and out. It can't just be in. Because that's where we get stuck. If it's just in, it's consumer. That's consumer. And that's what we started this podcast about, you know, consumer Christianity. That that needs to be honestly killed in 2021. Yeah. Death, if we're going to cancel anything. Right. We need to cancel consumer, consumer Christianity. Christianity. Like, we cancel that in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> If you're going to cancel anything, let it be consumer Christianity in your own life. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying you can't have seasons where you need to get healing. um, Seasons where you seek out. I mean, there's been seasons. I know for y'all too, like where God says, hey, I need you to come beside the quiet waters and I need to restore you. I'm not saying that you can't have those seasons. Because you do, and you will, especially if you have any any play in the game. Like, you're going to get shot up. I mean, and even if you look at the life of Jesus, like, he had seasons. He had moments where Absolutely. he just dipped. He, he did. He straight was he, like, he just, bye. I'm out. I'm going to the mountain. I'm going to go pray. Yep. I'm and go- don't bother and me. And don't bother me. Actually, you can't even find me because I'm, I'm at a place where you can't come. Ooh, that'll preach. So he, he went to those places, he got refreshed, and then he went back. But the thing we're doing, we're going to these places, and we're not going nowhere else. Yeah, yeah. Talk about it. it it's real. It's real. It's so, so real. And it's become this thing of, of I can't believe I'm about to say this, but it's this thing where, like, when we get stuck there, I feel like personally it get, it becomes a form of Christian entertainment. And honestly, <laughs> and I wasn't trying to go there, but here we but are. But here we are, and unfortunately, <laughs> a lot of churches are in the game of entertainment. Absolutely, you know, you have the flashy lights, you have the the fog. You know, create the atmosphere for an experience for an experience. But what are you really experiencing? And my my heart is that churches can come back to the purity of his presence, Mm -hmm. you know, because in his presence, there's fullness of joy. Come on. In his presence, we actually receive the anointing to go back in the community and impact our community Mm -hmm. and even in his presence, we get personal and 
and community revelation. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't just get revelation for ourselves, but we get revelation for our neighbor. We get revelation for our city. And if the church doesn't get back to the purity of its presence, then I don't know where we'll end up. I have no idea either. I keep thinking about, there was a book that we all read this summer, this past year, and you read it as well about Duncan Campbell and about the um, revival that happened in Wales. And, um, and you know, like in our in our minds, culturally, we think, oh, it was revival and people came and actually it wasn't that. And I think that's where you have to start is revival is actually not this big hopped up thing. Mm-hmm. And that's where people, I feel like, if you don't understand revival history, like you're not going to know because these big old churches have made revivals be like, oh, we're bringing in this guest speaker and, you know, and I'm not against guest speakers. Don't get me wrong. I also am one from time to time. So I, like, I'm not trying to like cut that down, but I'm also stating like the Hebrides revival literally started because this little old man would just sit there and read Psalms 24 which is, you know, with clean hands and a pure heart. Let me sit in the mountain of God. Those with clean hands and a pure heart. Those will be blessed. Those will, who will be blessed? The ones with clean hearts. The ones, you know, with clean hands and a pure heart. And it wasn't this, like, dramatic, um, huge marketing scheme. Like, it wasn't that. It was the pureness of the of Holy Spirit going, they want me. They want me. They want me. And I, I think... That we're at this pivotal moment in the church, no matter what kind of church you are a part of, is God is calling us back to the simplicity, and I mean ultra, ultra simplicity gospel. Like it is so simple that I would just sit in my room and say, God, with clean hands and a pure heart. Like I want to follow you with clean hands and a pure heart. And it doesn't have to be showy and it doesn't have to be recorded for social media purposes. It's just these holy moments with him. And I think that that is what our generation is longing for is just the actual true authentic move of God, not just one that's televised. Oh, I said it. I said it. I said it. That's good. But I think that that is that's where we're going to see it. And from that place of purity. Um, like you said, like coming back to the purity of his presence, like that'll bleed into missional living, which is living out the gospel and actually being a disciple. Because, you know, the, the, the disciples, were they learned on the fly. They didn't do things perfect. Look at Peter. Humdoo did not do any. I mean, I don't even know if he made a good decision. I'm just kidding. That was bad. But, <laughs> but I say they learned on the fly, you know. And, and I think that's what God's asking of us is just, are you going to follow me? Or are you going to use my name, hunker down in your home, and never do anything for me? Yep, I said it. Here we go. We're throwing a lot of shots today. Huh? I said, we're throwing a lot of shots today. Yeah, we are. I apologize, okay. but I don't. But we love you. Yeah. These are love shots. Yeah. These are love shots, and honestly, and I'm going to ask you to pray for us, but I want to I want to remind everybody listening, like these aren't shots from like a heart that hates anybody. Mm, like that's, that's I good. love the bride. I love the bride. I love her so much that I would tell her to stand up and start living this thing out because I believe in her. I believe in her. I believe that as dysfunctional as she may be, there is still a destiny on her life, and he's still going to use her. And as scarred as she is, she's still sacred. 
and I'm a part of her, but I'm also asking us to be legit disciples. Like walk on the water with God. Like if you're if your relationship with God is boring, I would really see if you're following him. And I don't say that as a shot. Like I hope y'all hear my heart. Like this isn't a shot at anybody. I'm saying, hey, you were actually made to get out of the boat and walk on some water. And honestly, as a dozy sitting here in front of me, like I'm saying that to myself. Like, what is he asking of you that's bigger than yourself that he actually has to meet you? That's good. Or are you controlling everything so that you don't really need him, but you can still talk about him? Dang. I'm sorry, y'all. But I ain't sorry. Um, These aren't shots fired. It's not me throwing shade. This is me calling you up into your destiny that you already know is a destiny. Like, you already know that this is the path for you. I'm just telling you it's time to do it. This isn't a time to be passive. This is a time to to do it and run hard after the things of God. (laughs) Dozy, why don't you pray for us or share, whatever, whatever. Yeah, I I would love to pray. (laughs) I would love to pray. This is a good moment to pray. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we, we thank you for just who you are mm-hmm. and and what you mean to us. You are Lord. Mm-hmm. You are Savior. You are King. There's no one higher. There's no one greater. You have no second. Mm-hmm. Lord, you're in your own sphere. So for that, we worship you. We, we revere you. Lord, we're in awe of who you are. So, Heavenly Father, we we pray that everybody listening to this podcast, Lord, can get a greater understanding of what it means to live missionally, Mm -hmm. can have a greater understanding of what it means to live for you daily. Lord, we pray that people's hearts and eyes can be opened to the simplicity of the gospel. Mm -hmm. We pray, Father God, that hearts can be stirred that they can begin to live on fire and purity for your gospel. We pray that wherever you send people, lives can be changed. Hearts can come into the kingdom because you are sending your people to different places and spheres. So we pray for the laborers that they will not grow weary We pray for the laborers that they can continue to be led by you. We pray that people can understand that there are times and seasons for rest. I pray that Mm -hmm. people can truly understand what it means to follow you, that rest is okay. Hallelujah. So we pray, Father God. That your perfect will be done. Not our will, but your will. Not how we want things to go, but how you want things to go. We pray for that. Mm -hmm. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you guys for listening. And um, I pray that this challenges you in the best of ways. It challenges you into living um, a laid down life for Christ. And that you wouldn't care about your reputation, but that you'd care about the reputation of the gospel. And there you go. That was my last shot fired. And I'm, <laughs> um, but I appreciate it. Dozy, thanks for coming on. This was awesome. 
Yeah, uh, we'll have you back on because this was just, this was legit and fun. And um, yeah, to all my listeners, I pray that you have a great day, afternoon, night, whatever, whatever time it is. I just pray you be blessed. <laughs>